Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. I love... I, I, I feel like I always say, I love this passage of Scripture. I just love the Scripture so much. And um, this is a passage, this is a story in the Scriptures that um, always captures my imagination of what God can do and how we interact with Him. Um, and it's a story about provision and faith, which I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple weeks. So I want us to go to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, which we just talked about. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he has revered the Lord. But his creditor is coming to take my boys as his slaves. And Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a little oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask just for a few. Then go outside and shut the, go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When, our, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And she went and told the man of God, and she said, go sell the oil. And he said, go and sell your oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. So clearly, here's this woman in a very desperate situation. Her husband has died. She has a ton of debt. And the debt collectors are not just giving her annoying phone calls saying, excuse me, how would you like to settle your debt, right? They are actually coming to pick up her sons to be sold into slavery to pay off the debt. So she is in a crisis moment where she needs a miracle. She needs God to show up with radical provision in her life. How many of you have ever been there before? You're like, I need radical provision right now. And I don't know how this is coming. I don't know where it's coming from, but I need it right now here in this moment. So she goes to Elisha, who's like the head prophet. He's like the head honcho of all the prophets. And she basically says, look, my husband was with you for a long time. Now he's dead. My, my sons are about to be sold. What can you do for me? And he asks her a very interesting question. He asks her this question, what do you have in your house? See, I wonder if that was the response that she was looking for. Because I imagine she was looking like, oh, if I was her, I'd be like, look, there has to be some type of like retirement plan or something, like, right? <laughs> can, the, can like the prophets get together and just like cut us a check, right? You've done some like crazy miraculous things. Could you just pray and have a pot of denarii show up in my house over here? Would that be okay? Could, could good God, could maybe we could just pray that the debtors die on their, uh, like the debt collectors die on their way over here. You've done several things like that. Uh, let's, maybe one of these things will work. But he asks her, what do you currently have available to you right now in your own resources that you could use to fix this situation? 
Now, here's the thing. Elijah wasn't God, but he was a spokesperson for God. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. See, and I wonder how often we come to God saying, God, I have this problem or I need this provision. I need you to fix this situation that we have. And we expect him to just hand us what we need. We're like, hey, cut the check, right? Or change that person's heart or just turn this whole situation around. And what he asks us is, hey, what do you have in your house? What do you have currently What have I already given to you that is available here and now that could be used? What are the talents that you have? What are the abilities that you have? What are the gifts that are placed inside of you? What are the the people? Who are the people that that are in your sphere of influence that you can connect to that might be available to support you in this? Where is the community that is available to you? What is in your household? And let's see what you can do with that. Before we step into anything else, I read a quote this week that said, if you ask God to dig a hole, don't be surprised if he hands you a shovel. And so oftentimes when we come to God, his first response is not, hey, here's the pile of money or here's me doing everything you need. It's what is in your household that is available to you. And how she responds to that question reveals the mindset that she is in because she says first, your servant has nothing at all. Except, (laughs) right? So her first thought is, your husband has nothing at all except a little oil, right? And those two statements are opposite of one another, right? In that space. It reminds me of like a teenager when they go to the fridge, right? And they open it up. They're like, there's nothing in, heck, not even a teenager. I do this, right? I do this all the time. Open the fridge. Honey, there's nothing in the fridge. And she's like, there's carrots and hummus. <laughs> right? My wife's like favorite snack is spinach and olive oil. And so she'll be like, there's a bag of spinach. I'm like, honey, there is nothing in the fridge. Right? And so, so he comes to her and he says, what do you have in your house? And she says, there's nothing. Except a little oil, right? <laughs> except, except this very little thing that I have. See, she didn't have nothing. She had a little bit of oil. But her scarcity mindset looked at the little bit that she had, and she said, this equals nothing. She just says, look, it's oil. This isn't going to help me at all with the need that I have. And either way, she was right. Either way, she was right. Because either way, she might as well have had nothing, based on how she was viewing what she actually had available to her here in this moment. See, I wonder how many times God comes to us and says, hey, what do you have in your house? And we say, we have absolutely nothing. I have nothing. I'm left here. I am alone. I have no resources. I am without nothing. But we just look at everything through scarce lenses so that when we look at the little that we do have, it looks like nothing. Rather than just answering the question of, hey, what do you have? See, because when we look out and we are looking at our resources through the lens of I have nothing, we leave all kinds of resources on the table. We miss all kinds of resources that are available to us. See, God will never be able to use what is in you and around you until you can actually see what is in you and around you. Even if you have judged it as little or too small or not enough, See, even in those contexts, there's usually not a lot of room for him to move because when he comes and says, what do you have in your household? Our job is just to say, here's what's there. Here's everything that I have, big, small, the other. Our job is just to say, here it is, 
you use it. See, the scriptures are full of people who brought the little that they had to God and then the miraculous occurred after that. There's a little boy who brings two fishes and some loaves when everyone needs to be fed. When Jesus is like, hey, anyone got food? He could have easily said, I ain't got nothing. Two fish and some loaves, right? And yet he brings it and that's the substance that feeds 5,000. Moses, God comes to him and he says, hey, who can go speak to Pharaoh? He's like, I can't. I got to stutter. I don't got nothing. Could you imagine that moment? He said, no, no, I'm out. But, but God says, no, 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 I need the little that you have. David just has a slingshot, right? And in the moment when it's like, who's going to kill Goliath? David's like, I got a slingshot. Right. I got a shot, right, in the middle of this. Peter and John, when they're on their way to heal, there's like beggars on the streets, and they're like, silver and gold have I none. I don't, he's like, I don't got any money for you. But what I have, I do give you, which is even more powerful, the presence of Jesus. And so they could have easily looked out at the crowd of beggars and said, wow, we got nothing. But they looked at the little that they did have, and they said, this is going to be enough for here in the moment. See, God is not looking for you to have everything, that, everything you need to meet the need. He is looking for you to give everything you need to meet the need, to submit it to him. And then in that willingness to bring even the things that we have judged as small and insignificant and worthless, and there's no point in all of this, he has room to take those small things and do the miraculous if we're willing to foresee them and then submit them to him. So Elijah asks her this. He says, great, you have a little bit of oil. I can work with that. And then he says, go ask all of your neighbors for jars which I imagine was incredibly embarrassing and incredibly vulnerable and required a lot of humility for this woman. I mean, could you imagine her walking, like just, could you imagine just walking down your neighborhood, knocking on, excuse me, do you have any jars available? For what? I'm not too sure. Maybe a miracle. I don't know, but any jars, peanut butter jars, those old Cool Whip containers that your grandma uses for leftovers, anything will do, right? I just need jars, And so here she is going through the neighborhood saying, do you have any jars? See, here's what also I do know, that when God starts to call you into a radical place of provision and he starts calling you onto the mission that he has for you, it will always, always, always require you relying on other people. And it will require a level of vulnerability that you may not be comfortable with. It will always, almost always require you making requests of other people. It will require that you disclose your needs. It will require that you disclose your struggles. It will require that you disclose your liabilities to others. And it will require that you open your life in a way that feels very, very uncomfortable at times to other people. How many of you just love asking for help? You're like, I love, I just love going to people. Hey, I have a need. Can you help me? Here's all the things that have fallen apart in my life. Could you please step into this? You know what? It's such a tragedy. I have watched people crash and burn financially, emotionally, health-wise, because they refused to ask for help, because they refused to disclose. Here's the need. I'm willing to humble myself. I'm willing to open my life. And it was not because the resource wasn't available. It was because they were too arrogant and prideful to say, hey, I actually am human and I have a need that you might be able to assist me with over there. And I love that he tells her, don't ask for a little. Ask for a lot. You're going to need a lot of jars, which means 
You're going to have to knock on a lot of doors, right? You're going to have to ask a lot of people for support in this moment. See, here's what I also know is that the bigger that God wants to move in your life, the more people it will require you to invite into that vision. The more people it will require you to invite into that space. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life will rarely be just your own. It will be intimately tied to a support network of other people that God will use to support you, just like you will be used to support them in the process. Notice if you are more willing to support others than to have them support you and the arrogance that comes with that. And here's where they find themselves. She gets all the jars. She parts, starts pouring the oil. I imagine she gets really excited, like, oh my gosh, my little oil. And she starts passing the jars off and she fills them up and she fills them up and she fills them up. And the next part of this reads one of two ways. You can look at it and stand in awe of what God did, taking a little bit of oil and providing so much that's available for her. But I read this as a cautionary tale. I read this as a story that seems like a little bit of loss amidst amidst the abundance that's there. See here, God's missing, multiplying this oil, and she's probably overwhelmed by the flow in the middle of this. And she gets to this jar and she says, quick, quick, pass me another. I need another one. And her sons say, that's it. We, we don't have any more. And I imagine in her mind, she was thinking, no, 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 that, this can't be it. There has to, get me another jar. And they're going, yeah, we, we don't have it. That's every single jar. We've used all of them. And I imagine in that moment, she's thinking, no, 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 this, this can't be. <laughs> because I imagine... In that moment, she started thinking about all of the jars that she hadn't asked for. All of the doors that she didn't knock on. All of the people that she had refused to ask in the middle of that because the oil stopped when the jars ran out. See, the oil didn't stop because God thought that she had enough. The oil stopped because she thought that she had enough. And I find that enough is almost always the enemy of the abundance that God is wanting to pour out into our lives. Where do we stop at enough when God is wanting to pour out more than enough? See, I imagine that moment she realized, why did I settle? And Elijah says to her, go sell the oil and live off the rest. Now, I don't know how long that lasted. Could have lasted years It could have lasted months, but I know that it could have lasted for generations had she decided that enough was not where she was going to stop, but that she was going to press into the abundance that was available for her in that moment. Now, in the scriptures, oil almost always represents the power and the presence of God. And what I do know is that God is always interested in pouring out his power and his presence and his provision in our lives to the extent that you are willing to prepare for him. To the extent that you are willing to collect the jars to contain what's needed for him. See, what if it, when it came to God's provision of his presence in your life, of him moving, of him providing, of him empowering your life, what he said to you was, hey, go collect jars so you can prepare to hold all of the presence that I'm wanting to pour out into your life. And so he says to us, go prepare your hearts. 
Go get committed to those things that actually matter to you. Go renew your thinking so that that scarcity is not a part of how you see the world anymore. Go submit your heart, your mind, and your will so that you're able to contain this. Go and give yourself to community so that service can keep flowing. Go serve, go give, go pour out so that when it's time for me to pour out my presence in your life, you have enough jars to contain every last bit of it. And I wonder how many times when it's time to prepare for what God's going to do, we're just like, that's enough. I paid the bills. My marriage is all right. Things are working. You know, I, I feel good. Life's okay. I'm able to make it. But I wonder what's left on the table, what oil might be available, what presents might be available if we were just willing to humble ourselves and to keep collecting the jars. See, I'm convinced that it's never God limiting his power and presence or provision. It's us unwilling to prepare to the same scale that he wants to pour out in our lives. If we would be willing to take off the lenses of scarcity and step into a space of abundance of what he's wanting to do in us. See, this actually wasn't even just about how much financial wealth she could provide for her and her family. It was about what she could actually see and what was happening inside of her that contained what was available in that moment. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.